Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello, everyone. Poker and Politics here. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about how QAnon is really bad at telling the story of what's going to happen on Election Day. And I'm going to get into uh, JFK, the smoking gun, a video version of the book Mortal Error, which is about the conspiracy theory that a Secret Service agent accidentally shot President Kennedy while trying to return fire at Lee Harvey Oswald during uh, the assassination attempt in Dallas, Texas. So first of all, uh, QAnon, if you read these people's um, Twitter feeds, their social media, blah, 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 there's this ongoing narrative of a 50-state landslide of Biden dropping out because the laptop is just too spicy. It's just too full of uh, incriminating information and devastating uh, documentation of the malfeasance, the corruption, the depravity, the inhumanity of, uh, of Joe Biden, world's greatest monster, and so uh, he is either going to have to step aside and uh, let Hillary Clinton run so that uh, QAnon can uh, aggressively masturbate like Tubin all over their Zoom conferences for these remaining two weeks before the election because that's what they want and they think that's how reality would work in any way, shape, or form, which it doesn't and it wouldn't. In reality... Uh, Camilla Harris would basically be the nominee at that point by default, and that would be what our election would be all about. It'd be really fun. It'd be a constitutional crisis. It'd be uh, hilarious. 
But uh, I hate to break this to them, but Joe Biden's not dropping out over the fucking laptop or anything else. Uh, people who are in position to win overwhelming landslides tend to not leave the election unless they absolutely have to. And there's really nothing that Trump could possibly do right now that would make Biden decide that he had to call it a day. But beyond that, QAnon likes talking about a 50-state landslide. They like talking about how Trump is going to win every state in the Union, plus the District of Columbia, and he is go- we're going to get a supermajority of Republicans in the Senate. They're going to take back the House. Uh, Democratic governors across America will see the re- election results. And even though they are not up for a re-election, they will just resign because they've been defeated. They've been disgraced. They have been driven from the field of battle. And they will let Republicans replace them in order to make America happy, unified, and uh, under the thrall of the glorious Trump Imperium, because that's the way everyone wants it to be. Which means that come election night, when they call all of New England very quickly for Biden, that'll be upsetting, because he's supposed to, Trump's supposed to win all 50. Then if the, when the battleground states start rolling in, oh boy, when they start going blue, when things are going to get real spicy in QAnon land. And I mean, I know the Trump campaign is going to try to fuck Pennsylvania up royally. I know all the shit they're trying to pull, but these early voting numbers are out of control. I mean, Texas is in serious danger. Georgia's in danger. Florida is obviously in danger. <laughs> there is not going to be a, a moment in time where the Republicans have a chance to try to say, we've won and demand the election be called off. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to have that moment. Uh, it's going to go really bad. And uh, that's good for America. It's good for uh, polite society. And it will lead to a lot of melting down of QAnon. Because this is where they have to acknowledge reality. This is this is something they can't reject. They can't deny it. They can't spin it. They have to do this. They have to acknowledge what's happening here. And... When Biden is winning, they have to acknowledge it. I mean, they're going to say that he stole it, that it was rigged, voter fraud, deep state cabal, all that kind of stuff. But the whole point of QAnon is supporting an overwhelming force of good that's going to crush bad people. Hashtag God wins. That's the point of this whole thing. That's why they got into it. And for God to lose puts a crink in the plans. Makes things not so good. Makes things not so fun. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with this. It's going to be very interesting to see what they say and how they react to it. The answer is going to be very poorly. They're going to react to this extremely poorly because they, they've been sold a bill of goods. They have been told. They have been told for a long time that Donald Trump is going to win this thing. He's going to win it decisively, convincingly, and easily. And when it doesn't go that way... There's going to be a lot of uh, finger pointing, a lot of blame, a lot of shouting, a lot of not happy people. And I mean, I know it's terrifying. I, I really, I mean, the stakes of this election cannot be higher. It cannot be worse. Whenever I see anyone talking about how they'll vote third party because of reason X, Y, or Z, it makes, it makes my blood boil. But I also can accept what I'm seeing from the 
math side of things, from the logic side of things. And every bit of logic and reason tells me that Biden's winning very comfortably right now. And there's no reason to suspect that he won't win comfortably. And I know Trump's going to go to the courts. I know Trump's going to do everything he can, but I don't think there's no there there. There's no outs. He doesn't have a play. He He's fucked. So uh, do what you can. Push the rock any way you can up the hill. Fight, fight, fight. But just relax. And on November 3rd, just uh, around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, just uh, check your Twitter feed and hope the world's uh, still standing, which I think it will be. That's, I mean, that's all we can do. All we can ever do. But, but I mean, it would be so much easier for QAnon and Q to talk about how the cabal is throwing everything at them. How this is it. This is their last chance. How they're going to steal New England. They're going to steal New York. They're going to steal California. Even though red-blooded, MAGA-hat-wearing uh, supporters of the beloved God Emperor are doing everything they can. Some of these states, the corruption is just too deep. The... Rig the fix is just in too hard, but we're gonna we're gonna fight tooth and nail, and you might have to stay up until four or five in the morning, but we're gonna pull it out. We're gonna win in the end, and then the deep cleaning America desperately needs is gonna happen. That's realistic. That's plausible. That's in the realm of uh, possibility, not great possibility, but it's far more likely than the 50-state landslide. It's far more logical than anything QAnon's ever been telling us about. So, I mean, and it would make sense given their narrative. It would make sense that this is the deep state's last throw of the dice before they all go to Gitmo to be uh, summarily executed for their crimes. So why wouldn't they be capable of throwing everything they can to get Biden a couple, uh, 200 or so electoral votes, get him close to Hillary's number of electoral votes before Trump finally brings down the hammer and uh, saves the world. I mean, that that's a prediction that you could make that you have a 10% chance of success with, which is not great. And it's going down by the day, but their current prediction has a 0% chance of success. So I don't understand it. But then again, they're delusional. They're high on their own supply. They don't want to, they don't want to deal with reality. They want to live in fancy, happy world. So that's where they're at. And, they're going to stay there for two more weeks until reality, until like just drive their car directly into the brick wall that is reality. So uh, that's going to be fun for them. They're really going to enjoy that, I bet. So uh, beyond that, Mortal Error slash JFK the Smoking Gun, the Secret Service agent accidentally killing President Kennedy conspiracy theory I was watching Smoking Gun, and as I was listening to it, I was like, well, this sounds a lot like Mortal Error, and then I found out that it was, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting, but this is a conspiracy theory that at the very least tries to sell itself on some level of plausibility, but the big problem with this uh, conspiracy theory is that well, not so much the conspiracy theory itself, but the documentary that uh, encompassed it is that it is disingenuous and it doesn't tell the whole truth about things. It's working an agenda. Now, if anyone has any um, knowledge of video editing software that is easy to use, I don't care how much it costs, I'll save up some money to get it. I'd love to make a uh, 
YouTube video that really honestly goes through the Zapruder film, really honestly goes through the events at Daily Plaza and in the hours after Daily Plaza. I'd love to, to tell that story covering all sides, covering everything, letting the conspiracy theorists uh, show the loose threads while also showing why Oswald Dunn did it is very viable and an incredibly strong and likely uh, possibility as well. Now, the reason why I say that this is a uh, disingenuous and dishonest uh, documentary is because they use only the evidence that supports their side and they don't talk about the evidence that goes against them. And that is someone who's pushing an agenda. They're not trying to explain the full uh, scope of things. On top of that, they have some very interesting and weird um, selections of evidence. Uh, Kellerman, who is the Secret Service agent who is in the passenger seat next to William Greer, the asshole who couldn't hit the fucking gas as the bullets were flying, and as a result, hopefully was racked of survivor's guilt for the rest of his days because he was the most culpable Secret Service agent in the killing of President Kennedy. Um, Kellerman is uh, alleged that President Kennedy... Uh, cried out, my God, I am hit during the assassination. And that is used in this documentary as a sign that Kennedy said this. That this is uh, a part of the historical record that, uh, this, that, that th- these were Kennedy's last words. My God, I'm hit. And uh, the truth is, is that Kellerman claims this. He says this in his Warren Commission testimony But there's a problem. There's a big problem with it. And that big problem is that Governor and Mrs. Connolly did not hear President Kennedy say anything. Jackie Kennedy did not hear uh, JFK say anything. So the three people that were closest to President Kennedy during the assassination did not hear him say a word. So you have three people who were in direct proximity to the president, Jackie Kennedy specifically sitting directly next to him and knowing well her husband's voice, and none of them thought that he said anything during the shooting, that he just uh, reacted to being shot in the neck by grabbing at his throat and then got shot in the head and died silently. Uh, To them, uh, his last words were a reaction to Nellie Connolly, who, uh, stating in the most ironic and uh, horrible of moments, uh, turned to the president in response to the uh, adulation of the crowds that was uh, so incredible and so intense and the fear that Dallas was going to be a a quagmire of protests and discontent seemingly had now melted away. And obviously uh, today was a great day for the president and his motorcade had gone off without a hitch. And thus... Seconds before the guns, the gunshot started uh, ringing out, uh, Nellie Connolly turned to President Kennedy and said, Mr. President, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you. And uh, he smiled back at her and said, no, you can't. And that those were uh, what most people believe to be his last words. So um, it's very weird that they bring this up. And they bring this up because they're trying to uh, work out some sort of uh, convoluted timing of the shots to try to justify that the first shot missed, even though the Warren Commission said it hit. 
But uh, no one who studies the Kennedy assassination for any amount of time thinks the first shot hit. Everyone thinks the first shot was a bad miss, and the second shot was the magic bullet, and the third shot was the headshot. So I don't know why they went out of their way to do this, but they did. And uh, bringing up, my God, I'm hit is a bad sign. It's a sign that you're you're aggressively cherry-picking. Now, um, beyond that, you have um, the fact that they use this very uh, odd um, framing device where they bring up incorrect information and then correct it after the fact, which I don't understand why they do this other than to try to make it look like the narrator and the people doing this documentary are open-minded to new evidence and are willing to change their minds on things that have happened. Like, the first thing they do is they, they, do, they do the, like, uh, JFK Oliver Stone magic bullet, which is the bullet is, is dipping and whirling and that it's going up and down and dipsy do and left and right and all that kind of stuff. And then they admit, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Connolly's actually sitting uh, in a jump seat that puts him lower than Kennedy, and it also puts him more inside the car. So he's not directly in front of Kennedy. He's actually a little to his side. So now the trajectory of the magic bullet is clean. It goes straight through both guys exactly the way the Warren Commission said it would. And now it makes a lot of sense, which was, again, you could have just said that at the start instead of giving us the uh, the dipsy-doo, dunkaroo, swirl-a-girl nonsense magic bullet at the start. And then they also then bring up the fact that uh, the Kennedy head wound is allegedly uh, the base of the net, the base of the skull. And then uh, the House Select Committee on Assassinations, like uh, 10 years later, uh, moves the head wound up through the entrance wound to the head up three inches based on the um, physical evidence of the x-rays and whatnot, will you, uh, much to the protests of the uh, doctors who performed the autopsy, who said, were adamant that it was lower. But now again, I know that most people kind of need this hand-holding, they kind of need to know these things, these bits of information, but uh, as a JFKologist that I am, I was just rolling my eyes when they went through all these things, and I'm just like, come on guys, get to the payoff, get to the, get to the good stuff, tell us what's really happening here. And then beyond that, um, so they, we then get into their actual theory. And their actual theory is a few people smelled gunpowder at street level during the assassination. And this jives with uh, a Secret Service agent in the follow-up car pulling out an AR-15, accidentally discharging it and hitting Kennedy in the head and killing him. And that's all well and good that some people smelled gunpowder. Um, again, only a few people of the uh, hundreds that watched the Kennedy assassination unfold before their very eyes smelled the gunpowder, so that's odd. But the big thing about this is is that this is their, this is their hook. This is their evidence for this assassination playing out the way they claimed it did, that there was the smell of gunpowder. Smell is great. It's a useful sense that we humans have. It's important. But what they don't ever bring us up is that no one heard a shot from the uh, follow-up car. Nobody saw a shot from the follow-up car. 
They go directly to smell because they cannot use hearing or sight as evidence for their conspiracy theory, which is a huge strike against their conspiracy theory because people see and hear a lot better than they smell. And all of the reactions that happen in the assassination of President Kennedy are not reactions that would come about from people that had just heard a gunshot from about 10 feet away from the president fired from his rear from the follow-up car. Uh, Jackie Kennedy is probably not jumping out of the car and crawling on the trunk of the limo if she had just heard a gunshot erupt directly behind her. She wouldn't have been crawling towards a gunshot. Now, in this conspiracy theory, they state that the first shot and the second shot were from the Texas School Book Depository, but the third shot was fired from the, the car the limo behind Kennedy's limo. So what you're t- saying is, is that Ken- that Jackie Kennedy heard basically like pop, pop, and then blast. And she had, and her immediate reaction was crawl towards the blast, crawl towards that gunshot, crawl towards the very loud noise that was ear splittingly loud right next to me that happened a second ago and had my husband's head explode as a result. Clint Hill, the Secret Service agent who famously runs towards Kennedy's car from the follow-up car, as seen in the Zapruder film, uh, Clint Hill, in his Warren Commission testimony, stated that as soon as his foot hit the pavement, uh, as he had jumped from the running board off of the follow-up car, that as soon as his foot hit the pavement to get to Kennedy's limo, that was when he saw the gunshot that uh, blew the president's head off. And Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So imagine you are the Secret Service agent and you have just heard a gunshot. And most people in the uh, witness testimony of the Warren Report said the first shot sounded like a firecracker. No one reacted to it properly. The second shot was the gunshot where everyone was like, oh, shit, th- these are gunshots and someone's trying to kill the president. So you're Clint Hill. You think you heard a firecracker or something innocuous. Then the second shot hits and you're like, oh, crap. 
I got to try to save the president. And then as you get your foot off the running board and hit the pavement with your foot, that is when you see the president's head explode. And in that moment, you hear a gunshot from no more than like three feet away from you. Like in the car that you were just jumping off of to try to get to the car that's in front of you. Clint Hill would not have made a clean run to uh, the presidential limo to uh, usher Jackie back to her seat and then jump on the trunk and then put his body on top of President Kennedy to try to shield him from further damage and then realize that he was a day late and a dollar short, as it were. He would have, uh, like, probably freaked out and blown out his knee and, like, just crumpled to the ground if that gunshot had come from the, the car that he was jumping away from. He would have literally had his foot hit the pavement, and then he would have heard boom. He would have heard a gunshot rip through the air directly uh, next to him and see the president's head explode in front of him. And uh, he would have, I don't, I mean, he would have, he would have fallen to the ground. He would have absolutely have crumpled because he, he's going forward. He's like, I've got to save the president. And then as his foot hits the ground, immediately he hears a massive gunshot directly beside him. That would have almost, that would have invariably caused an instinctive reaction to turn his head towards the gunshot. And that would have put him completely off balance for when his other foot came off the running board. And he would have just, like, he would have just eaten shit. He would have just, just fallen onto the pavement and just face-planted. And you never would have seen him in the Zapruder film. And it just would have been part of the lore that Clinton Hill... Uh, as he was trying to save the president, slipped and fell off the running board and, like, just cracked his head on the road of Daly Plaza. I mean, like, it would have it would have been ugly. It would have been a terrible outcome for him because there's no way he could have uh, gracefully and clearly just run to the limo and uh, tried to help when he would have had a gunshot just a couple feet away from him, it just explode out of an AR-15 and kill the president before his very eyes. And, and he would have known. He would have known immediately that like one of his fucking idiot friends had just murdered the president. Um, Abraham Zapruder filming the assassination stays tight on the president uh, until the president and the presidential limo is out of line of sight. He uh, just manages to do an incredible job of uh, recording the assassination. Imagine him hearing the gunshot that kills President Kennedy coming from the limo directly behind President Kennedy, and he never pans the camera over to the limo to show the idiot Secret Service agent with the AR-15 out and now like obviously he just like fired it and just killed the president with it Zapruder would have obviously have reacted to the gunshot because again this uh this theory involves two gunshots at a distance from the texas school book depository that were very different in sound than the final shot which is a a literal explosion from an ar-15 directly inside the motorcade 
And Zapruder obviously would have panned to that gunshot because that would have been right in front of him. He would have instantly have like reacted to the source of that noise and we would have gotten video of it. He might have, we, I mean, it might have become the center of the assassin, the, the Zapruder film. He might have panned away from uh, Jackie crawling on the back of the uh, limo to show us the Secret Service agent with his gun having accidentally dropped the president. The Nix film, same thing. And there were so many witnesses, so many eyewitnesses to the assassination. And none of them saw or heard a gunshot from the follow-up car. This is a theory that is too cute by half. If you read any um, Zapruder film comments on YouTube from any up one, any one of the hundreds of uploaded Zapruder films, you will almost inevitably see some idiot talk about how the driver killed Kennedy, and that is kind of a um, defect in the film because it's from it's filmed from the nineteen sixties. And the thing is, is you'll see Greer turn and look at President Kennedy the whole time, and only after Kennedy is shot in the head does Greer get his head out of his ass and turn turn around and start actually uh, working the car to try to get out of Daly Plaza. But you can see his hand, and if you look at the if you look at it tight enough, the graininess and the crumminess of the footage, you can imagine a gun is in his hand. You can imagine that he just literally calmly draws a gun and shoots the president in the head. Which, again, people probably would have noticed and they would have brought it to our attention that, oh yeah, by the way, the driver shot Kennedy. And that's why this is a silly theory, because the overwhelming uh, evidence, the overwhelming um, amount of uh, witness testimony is about a, um, is about shots either from the grassy knoll or from the Texas School Book Depository. There is incredibly little talk of crossfire from Warren Commission uh, witnesses. Basically, where you heard the shots come from is where you heard the shots come from. Everyone kind of had one assassin, and it was just a question of if it was the knoll or it was the school book depository. So all of these multi-positional uh, conspiracy theories kind of fly in the face of, fly in the face of the eyewitness testimony. And, and Daily Plaza is just a, a nightmare of echoes and uh, distortion, and also uh, sight lines. In places that an assassin could have been firing at the president from, that would have been almost impossible for the Secret Service to have documented and accounted for all of them. So, yeah, Daily Plaza sucked. It was a really bad place for the president to be, and it made trying to, quote-unquote, solve his assassination uh, a real nightmare that, to this day, most Americans do not accept as solved. But uh, Mortal Error slash JFK the Smoking Gun is ridiculous basically is the best way to describe it because it has a timeline of the shooting that is something that no one agrees with and aggressively cherry picks its information to try to make its case which I think is intellectually dishonest 
And then uh, it tries to uh, make it sound like the Secret Service was covering up the its, its assassination of the president the whole way. Um, the famous uh, stealing of the body of Kennedy from Parkland Hospital and getting it on Air Force One and flying it to Bethesda for a crummy autopsy done by doctors who are not very good at their jobs. This is portrayed as a Secret Service initiative to begin a cover-up of what they had done instead of what it really was, which is basically the haggling over what we're going to do with Lyndon Johnson and the fact that uh, all Lyndon... We, because the Secret Service wanted to get Lyndon Johnson back to Washington as soon as possible. Hell, while Kennedy was still technically alive, there was talk of just getting Lyndon to uh, get back to the White House ASAP because they just wanted to lock it down because they were just freaked out. Everyone was freaked out because they didn't know... Uh, what was going on. They didn't know if this meant that uh, the Russians were pouring into West Berlin and this was World War III and that Kennedy's assassination was a decapitation strike to try to uh, open the door for the Soviets to start uh, kicking some serious ass. Uh, And then you have all that going on and Johnson is aware that he needs to kind of not look like a total fucking ghoul just taking the power of the presidency from Kennedy's cold, dead body. So Johnson does not want to leave the hospital while Kennedy is still alive. He wants to like support the president in his hour of need that while he fights for his life, he's not going to abandon him. And then when it, it's uh, confirmed that Kennedy is dead... Now, uh, Lyndon Johnson, they all want him to go back to D.C. again. We want to lock down the White House. We want to protect the new president from any further attack. We are The Secret Service feels incredibly vulnerable. They are in danger. Dallas is not a secure location. Parkland Hospital is not a secure location. For all they know, KGB death squads are uh, pouring into the building right now to murder Johnson to uh, send America further into a tailspin and allow the Soviets to uh, pour into Europe and Japan and just uh, tighten their grip on the world. Um, so all of this is happening. And Lyndon is just like, well, look, I will go back to uh, Washington, but I'm not going to go back without Jackie Kennedy because I am not going to be seen as this soulless dickhead who uh, abandons the newly widowed uh, first lady to uh, stay in a hospital waiting for her husband's autopsy to be completed while I uh, steal the presidency away from the martyred president and fly back to D.C. to sit in the seat of power uh, while the corpse of the former president and his uh, blood-soaked wife are still in Dallas. And Jackie will not leave without her husband's body. Lyndon will not leave Dallas without Jackie. Yada, yada, yada. They get the body out of there. And if you want to uh, give evil intent, if you want to prescribe dark motives to all of that chain, you absolutely can. That's uh, a open thing for discussion. But the uh, innocent speculation, the innocent analysis of why things worked out the way they did is what I've just said, that um, Lyndon Johnson did not want to abandon Jackie Kennedy. 
because it looked it would, the optic as as Q would say the optics of that would be fucking bad. So uh, all that happens, and then uh, they get on the plane. They get to Dell. They get to uh, DC. They do a terrible autopsy of Bethesda. Blah blah blah, and. So the Secret Service did not do all of these things. The Secret Service did not have control of the situation. The situation was kind of under the control of whoever put their foot down. And for the most part, at the start of this thing, in the in the first few moments after the assassination, the person who put their foot down the most was uh, Lyndon Johnson, trying to uh, take or, take stock of the situation and take control of the situation now that he was... Uh, thrust into the office of the presidency in the most terrible way possible. So, uh, so that was really kind of that's how that all happened, and it wasn't the Secret Service just uh, trying to get away with one. Because again, they couldn't have gotten away with it because a, a few hundred people watched the assassination. They all saw what happened, and no one was running around screaming, that Secret Service agent just shot the president. He just pulled out an AR-15 from that car and blew the president's brains out. There's no eyewitness cooperation of this. There's no ear witness cooperation of a gunshot inside the motorcade directly. All they have is a few people smelling gunpowder and a few people seeing this idiot grab an AR-15 and uh, try to like figure out where the gunshots were coming from. But no one actually saw him fire. No one actually heard a shot. So it's uh, it's a weird theory. It tries to explain things as best it can, but it doesn't fit the information that we have. It doesn't fit the evidence that is presented in Daily Plaza during the assassination. And what's very funny also is that... Um, this um, th- this uh, JFK the smoking gun makes no attempt to explain back into the left, because when you're a conspiracy theory and your uh, theory is based on a shot from the rear, you don't want to deal with back into the left because that just takes too much fucking time to try to explain how it's not true and blah blah blah. So I mean, I just think that was very funny that like they were just like, yeah, he was shot from behind, and we're not even going to get into back into the left. We're not even going to fucking do it. Fuck off. They were willing to correct the magic bullet's trajectory. They were willing to correct the entrance wound to the back of the head. But back into the left, fuck that shit. We're not going anywhere near it. You can all eat a mountain of dicks when it comes to your fucking back into the left. So yeah, so that was uh, JFK Smoking Gun slash Mortal Error. The one question I had uh, from this podcast was basically about this because they just said, we're like, hey... Is JFK Smoking Gun mortal error? Question mark. And uh, yes, yes it is. That's uh, what this is all about. Yeah, the uh, question was from the mayor of online. And is this the same theory as the one put out in Mortal Error? Of all the theories, this one is my favorite because it has the whole whoops, oh shit aspect to it that is so on point with the government. Yes, this is, yes, this is that. It's funny, but it's just not thought uh it doesn't conform to the evidence as presented by um all the by by all the eye and ear witnesses and it's very funny because this um the the video goes into painstaking detail about how the warren commission didn't call a bunch of eye and ear witnesses that could have like done certain things 
But um, none of the people that they talked about, again, no one, no one saw or heard this gunshot. It, it didn't exist. It's not a real thing. Because if it had happened, they wouldn't have been able to cover it up. I mean, you had uh, Dallas uh, local news stations with eyewitnesses to the assassination in the building within like 20 minutes of the assassination being interviewed and talking about what they saw and what they heard. So it's not like this was the kind of situation where they could have clamped down on the couple hundred people that watched the assassination and told them to all shut up about the Secret Service agent killing the president. Um, This was a dynamic situation with a crowd full of people that uh, reacted every possible which way of just throwing themselves on the ground, trying to avoid being shot themselves, lots of crying, lots of screaming, lots of running towards the grassy knoll because they thought they heard a shot from there. There, cops, uh, one cop uh, going directly to the Dallas School School Book Depository and uh, accosting Lee Harvey Oswald on the second floor merely a minute or so after the assassination. I mean, the two locations um, that matter, basically, kind of like in conspiracy lore and in what was the the, um, official story, the School Book Depository and the Grassy Knoll, those two locations were the locations that was immediate, were immediately sought after in the aftermath of the assassination as locations for where the shots came from. Uh, people pointing and screaming about the Secret Service agent blowing away the president, none of those, they did not exist. So uh, props for trying, beautiful concept, uh, delightful uh, story, doesn't hold any water based on the facts and evidence as presented by um, the eyewitness and earwitness testimony. Extra that was uh, contemporaneously uh, documented in the in the aftermath of Daily Plaza or in the Warren Commission report after the fact, months later. So yeah, it's uh, it's a silly theory. Um, really, nothing to it. Uh, someone needs to do a good video of this, and hopefully, if I find the right editing software, I'll do that myself. So uh, that concludes my, uh, poker and politics. Is a trip down memory lane for. Just being an obsessed lunatic about the Kennedy assassination. Uh, Yes, I know that he didn't say, my God, I am hit. Those weren't his last words. Who doesn't know that? So, yeah, I'm just arrogant moron flexing my JFK muscles. But this is my podcast. That's what I do. So uh, thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, uh, I bless you and I support you. I'll be back tomorrow with L and Sarge, and we will hopefully um, be entertaining and informative then. So uh, stay safe. Uh, Vote, vote, vote. Uh, Defeat the evil monsters and save the world, and I will catch you all later. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling 
spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.